You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to the Pull Box Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I am your other host, Curtis Finley. <laughs> and uh, this is our 33rd episode. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about... Sonic the Hedgehog, Mega Man, Worlds Collide, the complete epic. Holy cow. Uh, and it's a doozy of a book. Here, like, you can you can hear it. Uh, it's pretty thick. Um, <laughs> 13 issues. 13 I think. issues of uh, children's comic. I mean, yeah. like, this is not a comic that is necessarily intended for adults. Um, but, uh, but... There a certain... There is a certain adult who will like it. I mean, it's people yeah, who love sure. Sonic and Mega Man will definitely enjoy. Sure. There's a lot of kind of in jokes and yeah. um, every um, character imaginable, especially in the Mega Man universe. Is in this <laughs> book, yeah, um, yeah, everybody's here. Here, let, let me let me rattle off some names. Uh, we got Sonic the Hedgehog, of course. We got Mega Man, of course. We have uh, their sidekicks, uh, Knuckles and Tails yep. for Sonic, and uh, I, I roll. And Rush for uh, Mega Man, uh, as well as you know Doctor Light, Doctor Robotnik, Doctor Wily. Yep, covers all your doctors. Uh, you've got Shadow the Hedgehog, which is the kind of good guy, kind of bad guy version of Sonic. <laughs> you've also got Proto Man, who's the kind of good guy, kind of bad guy for Mega Man. Uh, you've got uh, Metal Sonic, and then you've on the other side for Mega Man, you've got Base and his uh, his evil version of Rush Treble. Um, <laughs> Mega Man has a music theme for those who don't know, and the reason why most Americans don't know this is because most Americans don't know that Mega Man's name in Japan is actually Rockman. Yeah. So it's Rock and, and his sister, sister Roll. Roll, and I I. And so you have bass and treble, and uh, uh, Proto Man's actually is Break Man, um, which they use in here as well. Yeah. But but he's also called Blues. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a whole theme going on there. Except but, for Rush. Uh, except for Rush. Well, no, but a Rush is a is a musical notation. So in when you're writing music, you can write a Rush, right? I like, guess so, but that's. That's kind of not it's as stretching. It's it. pretty specific compared to. But the, you have rush and treble, right? And a treble clef is a is musical notation as well. Well, yeah, but I would, if you had treble, then there should be bass. Oh, but that's the that's yeah. the bad. That's the yeah. other bad guy. Okay, I see. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I I but yeah, like it's all kind of it's it's in there. Yeah. Right. Um, well, and then I noticed there's like the other characters. There's there are other robots named Tango and yeah. like other musical styles. Yeah. 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 Um, basically what happens here is that um, Dr. Robotnik harnessing the power of the chaos emeralds, I uh, is able to not only discover that there are alternate realities, but travel to them and manipulate realities with the chaos emeralds. So he uses the chaos emeralds, 
and he sets up a scenario in which Dr. Wiley uh, will discover the Chaos Emeralds and uh, manipulates Dr. Wiley into this huge scheme that he has to um, collect all the Chaos Emeralds because they have one. And if they can collect all of them, all seven Chaos Emeralds, they'll be able to use the Chaos Emeralds to rewrite their realities <clears throat> in their own images, of course, because they're evil maniacs. Right. Um, and uh, I, the one thing that they have to do in order to make sure that this plan succeeds is wipe out their uh, their nemeses, their, yeah. their mutual uh, the, all they have to and do. exclusive nemeses. Um, and the best plan that they have to do this is to turn them against one another. Well, if you've been reading comics, yeah, if you've, (laughs) if you've read a comic where two heroes meet for the first time, uh, let's say their worlds collide, uh, uh, they will fight for about 15 minutes and then they will realize that they're both good guys. Yeah. Usually when they each show mercy to the other one because the bad guys don't show mercy. So it's like, well, whoa, he's pulling his punches. Yeah. He must not be all bad. Well, in in this case, they were saving uh, innocent bystanders. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And you discover that the other guy that you're fighting is not actually such a bad guy. And so you... (laughs) Yeah, and there's one line in there, I think think it was Dr. Wiley or somebody. He says, no, they're talking to each other. Yeah. (laughs) That's not going to work. Yeah, um, so basically all of their plans will be thwarted because yeah. because uh, these two heroes, the Blue Blur and the Blue Bomber, will team up. And, but they uh, have another plan, and it's do. converting all of the, the Sonic good guy characters into... Freedom Fighters. They're referred to as the Freedom Fighters. Into robot yeah. characters. Yeah, um, robot masters. Robot masters. <laughs> I, I gotta get the lingo here. You can you can tell that I am a fan so, of these continuities in more than just this. Right. Comic. Well, okay. I know I'm a huge Sonic fan. I so. know Sonic the Hedgehog. I played the games back in the the early '90s, um, and I think I stopped around the Sonic and Knuckles game era. Okay. Um, and then I watched the cartoons on TV. Of course. Sad to see that none of those secondary characters were in this book. The, okay, so Sally is referenced in this book. At the very end. At once. the very end. And there's a there's a brief reference at the very beginning. Um, the rest of the Freedom Fighters... So it just... A, this is su- I'm going to be super brief on this one. <laughs> the Sonic comics have been around since 1991, I think. Yeah. Um, which is when I started collecting comics. Sonic number one is the first comic... Not the first comic book that I ever owned, but the first series that I ever started collecting. Right. Um, so that's one of the and reasons why... that would have been why... when the TV show came out, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was around the time that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 came out. Just before Sonic 3. Um, Yeah, and it was before Sonic and Knuckles. Because Knuckles wasn't in any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, And in the comics, they created a cast of characters to accompany Sonic the Hedgehog. uh, And they were the freedom fighters of the Acorn Kingdom. Uh, The Acorn Kingdom because the main freedom fighter, the leader of the freedom fighters, not Sonic, Princess Sally Acorn. Um, so were they created for the comic or for the cartoon? They were created for the comic first. Oh, Princess. And then the okay, came so after? I should go back <laughs> a little bit further than that. There was a there was a four issue miniseries zero yeah. one two and three. Okay, that um, in which Sally was actually pink. She was a pink squirrel with black hair. Okay, um, I, and I, and the and some of the other characters were introduced. But in the in Sonic number one, 
it was all sort of firmly established and it 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 does sync up with the animated series but those some of those characters predate the animated series okay and the animated series is based off of those archie comics characters okay so you have you've got sally you've got uh antoine uh the uh, what is antoine a fox i think he's another fox um antoine decolette is yeah. uh he's french for some reason uh you got boomer the walrus uh and you end up later on with bunny rabbit who shows up in like the third or fourth issue um who is half roboticized uh and and then a whole other cast of characters um those characters at a certain point around the end of the dreamcast era were pushed to the wayside in the comics right because in regular Sonic games, all of these other characters started being created. So, like the Chaotix? Well, the Chaotix were created in the it, for the Sega 32X. Okay. And the Chaotix were meant to be Knuckles' buddies. Okay. Because Sonic had tails, and so Knuckles, on the floating island, ended up with these buddies that he partnered up with. And, and so when the Dreamcast era started... Sonic, in the first Dreamcast game, Sonic Adventure, you play as Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, uh, Big the Cat, and E109 Gamma, I think, um, who's a robot that, because of the way that Dr. Robotnik roboticizes, he turns animals into robots. He doesn't build the robots, which is the distinction between him and Dr. Wily, who builds robots from scratch. Right. the little bird that is inside E-102 Gamma, he retains some of his personality, and so he ends up becoming a hero and fighting against Dr. Robotnik. Um, but that was the beginning of them intro- of Sega introducing a slew of characters. So then in Sonic Adventure 2, you get Shadow the Hedgehog, and you get um, uh, Rouge of the Bat. Right. <clears throat> and... And at this point, like, we're creating all these characters. There's not room for all of these characters as well as all of the Freedom and Fighters. Amy Rose. Were... And Amy Rose. Sorry. Yeah, I forgot Amy Rose as well. Um, so the Freedom Fighters kind of get shelved and pushed off to the side so that all of these characters that are in the com- in the games, as well as, this is the important part, Sonic X, the cartoon series, can oh. take the forefront. Because right. that's what they're marketing. That's what yeah. they're pushing in Japan, and that's what they're well, I'm pushing sure in America. If Archie wants to keep the license, yeah. they probably have to bend to those rules. Exactly. And, yeah. So, so they do all of that, and guess what? Comic sales start dipping. Oh, because the stories are compromised. Because the Sonic comics in the golden age of the Archie stuff, which is around issue fifty. They got to do whatever they wanted because they weren't making new games. Yeah. This is after Sonic and Knuckles and like before the Dreamcast. So they're not really making new games. They are. They're making Sonic 3D Blast and they're making Sonic Jam on the, the Sega CD. But Sega's having a really hard time pushing the characters. Yeah. So, um, so Archie is allowed to do whatever they want. And they tell this huge epic story where Sa- Princess Sally is killed by Robotnik and Sonic is framed for her murder. And so Sonic goes on this like worldwide adventure and ends up coming to blows with Robotnik at the end of it in issue 50 and kills Robotnik. And and then like later on, uh, Robotnik from an alternate reality, Robo Robotnik, comes to their timeline and becomes Eggman. 
Oh, that's how they. Yeah, that's how they deal so with that. So the Eggman that's in this is actually not even Doctor Robotnik from what would be considered the Saturday morning cartoon, right? The, who the was, fat one. Who was yeah. kind of yeah? He was the fat one who was kind of like a. He was almost like Darth Vader and the Emperor put together in turn because they would use a lot of Star Wars analog to tell their story. Yeah, that's why Princess Sally exists. She's Princess Leia. <laughs> she just happens to be a squirrel and Sonic's girlfriend. Right. Um. And Sonic is your Han Solo and Tails is your Luke Skywalker. It all yeah. makes sense if you start to break it down. Um, but I, Robo Robotnik is super evil because he's from a timeline, an alternate reality where Robotnik wins. He roboticizes every, he uses a machine to roboticize the whole planet and he's like a super robot. He roboticizes himself. That's the key difference, right? Okay. So, um, but like they kind of get away from that at, at a certain point. He used a thing called the Genesis Wave, which they allude to in this story, to rewrite the Mobius, which is it's actually Earth way in the future, but that's not important. Um, <laughs> and so Sonic ends up stopping him from using the Genesis Wave and uses Chaos Control to fix the timeline. When he does, he brings back the Freedom Fighters... Like, because he creates it in, like, with his willpower. And for so I haven't read these comics, but there's a, a miniseries called Sonic Genesis that I might actually pick up because I'm kind of interested to know. But he basically, in defeating Robotnik, rebuilds Mobius. And it's much more like the the comics when they began. So it was sort of there. It was a soft reboot because it's still kind of in continuity. But it. It's kind of like the way that they rebooted the Star Trek franchise with the 2009 Star Trek. Right. The old continuity still exists, but it eventually turns into the new continuity by traveling back in time. So was that recently? That was recently. That was like a year or two ago, I think. Okay. Um, so right before this. Story. Right before this. Okay. So, so the Freedom Fighters are around, but they don't feature prominently in this story because most of this story ends up taking place... In the Skull Egg Zone, which is a zone that they that Robotnik and Wily create in order to uh, uh, pull off all of their secret plans somewhere where they won't be found. Um, but of course, Sonic and Mega Man team up, and they can't be stopped because it's Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> and Mega Man. So yeah. like, who who can stop them? Right. Um, and they and they end up they win in the end. They win. But the the one piece of this story that I think is really interesting is how they juxtapose Wiley is a cartoon villain. He's a Saturday morning cartoon bad guy. So he just wants to defeat Mega Man. He doesn't want to destroy the world. He doesn't want to kill Dr. Light. He just wants to embarrass Dr. Light by destroying Mega Man with right. his more powerful robots. Yeah. Um, and, and rule the world, right? But Robotnik. But Robotnik yeah. wants to kill Sonic the Hedgehog. And he will kill anyone who gets in his way. Um, including Dr. Light. Including Dr. Light. Including Dr. Wily. Right. And including himself. Like, right. <laughs> like Robotnik's okay with mutually assured destruction. Like, he is, he's psychotic. Whereas Dr. Wily is just a bad guy. Right? He's, yeah. he's, he's a, like I say, he's a Saturday morning cartoon character. And... The, you go through the whole comic and they're kind of like, they do this weird thing where they'll have an argument and then their compromise usually ends up being like just mashing their two ideas together, <laughs> yeah. which is cute and, and 
kitschy and it's 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 a running gag. Yeah, yeah. which like they're, they're silly comics, but that last moment where like. Mega Man uses chaos control because Mega Man can absorb the powers of other characters. So when he defeats Shadow Man, which is the roboticized version of of uh, Shadow, Shadow he gains chaos control, which is a power that Shadow has oh, from Sonic okay. Adventure Two. So he is able to use chaos control with the seven chaos emeralds, and he rewrites his world. But in the last second, Robotnik goes after Sonic disrupting sonic's ability to fix his world and almost destroys mobius almost destroys sonic and robotnik's whole existence yeah and sonic is just barely able to fix it but there are now more repercussions like there were from sonic genesis in in the fallout of this mega man's comics aren't affected right they go back to normal as if nothing happened like literally nothing happened yeah Yeah. i was actually quite jarred by the ending of it because there was no downtime or resolution i i think i think the decision for that comes out of the fact that the genesis wave the concept of it comes from the sonic comics right so it can affect sonic storylines because it already has right right so they're just telling more stories within their world yeah. But to then continue the Mega Man comics with, based off of a concept that came out of a Sonic the Hedgehog comic, if you just like Mega Man and you don't care about Sonic, you'd be pretty annoyed. Yeah. Right? That's like if if DC and Marvel crossed over and you were a DC fanatic and something from Marvel ended up irreparably damaging the world of DC... As a DC fan, you'd be peeved. Yeah. Right? Right. Well, I can tell that these comics were written for Sonic the Hedgehog fans because that's yes. their their big franchise. <clears throat> yeah. And they've just got Mega Man. Yeah. So, and if they're looking at just their trades, it goes for yeah. volume four of Mega Man, and then it's this, but then it's volume five of Mega Man. So if yeah. they, if the person, whichever kids are just reading just the volumes at the library or whatever, this story can't have any... Any sort of effect on the Mega Man yeah, comics, exactly, really. exactly. Whereas with the Sonic comics, this is it's a different it's a different um, yeah. This is yet another integral part of the Sonic the Hedgehog right. ridiculous continuity. Yeah, as someone who was reading those comics as a kid, like they got heavy and they were a great introduction to comics. And they're now collecting them in volumes. They were doing them in archives, which little were like little, little, little small digests. And I have I've been collecting those. Now they're doing them in full trade paperback volumes, which nice. is a new thing for Archie that they just started doing with theirs with things like Afterlife with Archie yeah. and Life with Archie and that sort of thing. Um, so so they're now doing it with the Sonic comics. And if you have a kid who's around, I would say like six, seven, eight, just getting it, just starting reading and just getting into comics. And loves video games. And loves video games. Just go pick up Sonic the Hedgehog volume one. It is perfect for a six-year-old. They will, it's, it's. It's at their reading level. And I can say this because I was that kid. Right. And and when I wouldn't read anything else, I would read a Sonic the Hedgehog comic. And they grew with me. So yeah. you can kind of, you know, pick them up gradually and hand them hand them to your kid and, and it'll grow with them. And, and well, hopefully the classic volumes will have the following to keep, for the yeah. to keep reprinting them then. I think they will. I mean, Sonic, the Sonic comics have been around for decades now i mean they've been around for so long Um, so one thing that surprised me is that there's a couple of artists in here yeah and some of them 
have a very modern sense of yeah. storytelling. Like the, <clears throat> the Mega Man artist in particular, the one yes. that did the Mega Man issues, has a much more modern st- sense of, of comic storytelling. And then there's um, um. I don't know any of their names. Uh, then there's the artist who did the issues from Sonic Universe. Yeah. Sonic the Uni- Universe issues, which they look like they're still from the comics that they were doing in the 90s. <laughs> yes, they absolutely do. And it's one of the it's one of the places where the Sonic comics have never really quite been able to latch on to I uh, I uh, just the, the, the time yeah and like like the modern era like well, they, they are very stuck in the 90s and they're in their the artist who does the um art yeah who uh, the artist who does the sonic you sonic the hedgehog regular series yeah looks he, he that one's a little bit more it's modern. a little bit it, it's it a, little a little bit, bit better. better but yeah there's there's that uh, one 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 artist that still yeah. looks like the comics that were done in the they 90s. absolutely do because um, i believe that's andrew Papoy who was drawing the comics in the 90s. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I know that he draws some of it. I don't remember which yeah. issues he draws. But, there's um, a whole host of them. Yeah, there's a ton of people. There's too many artists to name in this in this project. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it is definitely, like, if you've got a kid who's, like, a, a young teenager, I think it's... I think it's a great comic for them, especially if they like Sonic and Mega Man. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a great way to get into both of those books. Um, I'd like to see a couple of the... Um, a couple of the girl characters in these comics actually <laughs> play a bigger role because it's yeah. so male-dominated. It in is. It. And, like, um, Roll doesn't do anything. No. Um, she, she doesn't she... even get a fancy outfit or anything yeah. like that. Like, yeah. she did in the in the... I remember I've I've just been recently watching the old '90s cartoon with my boys. Yeah, and they love it. And um, <coughs> Roll gets to do stuff in there. She has a ca- arm cannon, and and she does. But when she starts that series, does she not have a vacuum cleaner attachment? Oh yes, I guess so. Yeah, yeah that's, because that's she, pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, because it was because it was the mid to early '90s yeah. when that com- when that series, the animated series started, <coughs> and. Um, Dr. Light design role as a as a domestic um yeah well I I can see that she's playing that role still to this day she's that's what she was doing she stayed in Dr. Light's lab to clean up and help fix well some robots in in their initial design rock and roll role was designed to be domestic like like so for cooking cleaning the sort of things that you would expect your wife to do in the 1950s (laughs) <laughs> and and uh, Rock, one of the reasons why he's called Rock is because he is meant to do the heavy lifting. Uh, so he was supposed to be like like uh, yard maintenance and uh, light construction and sort of supposed to be. He was he was originally designed as as like a a, a light utility robot. <clears throat> not a super fighting robot. N- not a super fighting robot, but when Dr. Wiley took all of the robot masters who were designed for specific things, mostly construction and sort of like I um I I don't know, like like sort of I I what's the word for it? Like government type things, like and but not government, like on a civil municipal, workers. Yeah, like yeah. civil, yeah, so like construction and and I I I <laughs> like air conditioning and stuff like that. <laughs> right. That's what they were designed for. 
Dr. Wily takes them and turns them into evil machines of destruction. <laughs> yeah. So Dr. Light has to take Mega Man, fit him with the Buster Cannon. Yeah. And but but Mega Man is suited for that because he's suited for versatility. He's a utility robot, yeah. right? So and and gives him the ability to then absorb the powers yeah. of the other of the other uh, robot masters. Right. Um, oh, making okay. him the most powerful super fighting robot known to man. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. yeah, I was uh that was another little thing about this this comic is that he can uh, he I think absorbed like 10 powers. Can he just yeah. do that infinitely? Yes. So why when he was fighting when when he was fighting all of the robot masters like a yeah. 100 of them, why didn't he get all of their powers and He already had all of their powers. Uh, he didn't pull him out when he needed. He them, doesn't though. though. No, of course not, because because he has feature powers from this storyline. So those are right. the ones that he's going to use. <laughs> okay, it's the same logic of like every time a Mega Man game starts, he starts with no power ups. Yeah, and it's like the Mega Man X games were terrible for it because not only did Mega Man X I uh, absorb powers, he had actual physical upgrades to his unit. So like. The only thing that he carries from Mega Man X to X2 is in X you don't start with the dash. In X2 you start with the dash. But by the end of X, if you've gotten all of the upgrades, you have like like big shoulder pauldrons on a fancy helmet and you look more like a Gundam than you do like Mega (laughs) Man. Um, But at the beginning of every game you start powered down. You don't have any of the absorbed powers. So it's that sort of idea, right? So. It, and that's the conceit of Mega Man, is that like you if you were considering this a Mega Man video game, at the beginning of it, he starts with none of their powers. But he does use Cutman's power at the beginning of the book. Because he's fighting Cutman. No, right? Cutman is part of their team. Oh yeah. Um, that's but right. he does use one of their powers, and I'm pretty sure it's Cutman. Um because within their con- comic continuity, I believe, he just has access to any of the powers that he's absorbed. Right. Yeah, that was a little weird that at the in the eleventh hour, he calls for these characters that I thought were villains to be heroes. But in the comics, team. he when he defeats them and takes their power, he Doctor Light is then able to restore them. Um, Mega Man's a very peaceful uh, warrior. Yeah. He, he although although he he has been redesigned for destruction and, and fighting, he. Uh, the thing that makes Mega Man Mega Man is that his his uh, what do they call them? The, his integrated circuit. Oh yeah. Is he's a pacifist. He'd rather not fight if he doesn't have to, and that comes out a lot in this. And I think it's really interesting. Um, there are there are things in here, and it's one of the things that I find so so cool about the Archie comics. Um, if you're an adult, you kind of see them, but if you're a kid, you're affected by them. Uh, and it sort of it influences you. And I think it's one of the reasons why Archie and their adventure series, when they were doing the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics as well, um, why some of those these characters are so at home with Archie. Because Archie gives them... A, and I'll say this, because the Turtles with IDW, everybody knows, if you've listened to this podcast, I've talked about them. I love the Turtles as they are with IDW. I think that that, that that might be the definitive incarnation of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because it carries every version of them with it. Yeah. But the one thing that is different from that and the Archie version of the Turtles is that, like, and, and what Archie brings to their comics, to their adventure comics that are currently aimed at young boys, but I don't, th- like, I mean, 
in 2016 that's not the case anymore but but when they started these comics and when they started with the turtles they they put a heart into their comics and like sort of a morality yeah that you don't get out of spider-man or x-men right in every issue but you do get it with these and 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 it's nice to see that with mega man that that legacy is still there yeah. that whoever is is the editor-in-chief over there that is making the the big decisions is making sure that that kid-friendly entry-level comic is still there because it has to be there if it's not there you cannot hand we just talked about in our last episode guardians of the galaxy all new x-men you can't hand that to a six-year-old no because yeah. like although there's not necessarily anything in there that's inappropriate it is not appropriate for them, right? Well, because, just from a worldview point, they're yeah. just not mature enough to grasp those concepts. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it's nice to see that a comic like this is still is still out there that has all of the tropes of our everyday Marvel DC comic book world. So it's a great yeah. entry into that type of comic book storytelling, as opposed to something like Bone or or Newt. Was it Newton or Newts? Newts. I think Newts. Yeah. That that we've read, um, <clears throat> which are also great introductions for young early readers into comic books. They're, they they are different sort type of, of comic. Yeah, yeah, they're their own genre, mm-hmm. right? Whereas this is very much very pulpy. Your pulp Marvel DC yeah. comic. It just happens to star Sonic the Hedgehog and Mega Man. So, yep. um, I, I do think I do think it is a well done comic. It wasn't what I was hoping that it was going to be. I was really hoping for something a little bit meatier, but... Um, well, I mean, like you said, it's written at a level yeah. that kids will will appreciate. Yeah. Um, and for us, it, I mean, for me, it came off a little bit kind of like fan fiction um, in oh, a sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> but the Sonic comics have always been fan fiction, okay. so... Um, but that's okay for, for yeah. six to eight-year-olds. And yeah. I would, yeah, I would recommend it. It does get awfully confusing at the end though yes awfully confusing so i would wonder if six to eight year olds would actually be able to understand what the heck yeah i i think at the end of the day it doesn't really matter because in the final sort of three or four issues it just ends up being a battle royale of good guys versus bad guys once they rescue all of the heroes and then dr wiley and robotnik realize that like they're about to be defeated it's just everything is unleashed right yeah. and well, so it that just ends up being a big fight the one splash with all of those yeah. robots coming at them from every mega man game that's ever been made it's it's, like, it's every so it's every game that they've covered that. in the comics so far which i think is like the first four mega mans um as well as some characters that i think they may have created Themselves. Yeah, well, I, I certainly didn't recognize all of them. And my yeah. my era of playing Mega Man is um, on the left side, kind of the bottom left corner. Yeah. I recognize all of these characters from Mega Man. I don't know if they're like three, four, and five. That's probably yeah. when I was playing those. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But I, I do like, even though it, it it it's not going to get me back into Sonic comics, and it's not going to make me go pick up the Mega Man comics necessarily. Um, I do think it. I do think it's. It is well done. I think if you if you're gonna bring together these two characters, I. This. What are you gonna do? What yeah. are you gonna do other than what they do in this? And I think it just kind of it reaches its logical conclusion, which uh, and it does it in a pretty, in a pretty uh, capable manner. So. Yeah. 
Well, and if you're a Sonic, good for kids. If you're a Sonic fan, yeah, a Sonic or Mega Man fan, and you eventually want to collect all of these books anyway, this is the one to pick up because as yeah. soon as one Archie loses one of the licenses, they're never going to be able to reprint this ever again. <laughs> yes. So yeah. it'll become a collector's item. Which they would they would be more likely to lose the um, the Mega Man, the Mega Man license yeah. than the than the Sonic one. But uh, yeah, um, I think that about wraps it up for Sonic Mega Man Worlds Collide. Yep. The complete epic. What an epic it was. Oh, what an epic. <laughs> I but I I what are what are we reading next month? Well, next month um, is our first second month. We're going to, to coincide with their tenth anniversary, yep. which they're celebrating all year. Uh, we are going to read three books from uh, that publisher. Um, and I'm picking the three Aurora West books. Uh, sorry, two Aurora West books. Um, yeah. Rise of Aurora West and The Fall of the House of West. Um, and those are, they're not, uh, the the concept is from Paul Pope, but they're actually written and drawn by J.T. Petty and, and David Rubin. Or Rubin, cool. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that one. Uh, cool. And uh, I will be choosing uh, Delilah Dirk and the King Shilling, which is volume two of Delilah Dirk. We read volume one last year. And Volume 2 comes out in March, so why not pick it up and read it? Of course. Because um, we are big fans of Delilah Dirk. We're big fans of First Second, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, th- that, that'll that be my pick. And then we asked First Second themselves what we should pick for the reader poll, and they suggested The Nameless City by Faith Aaron Hicks, which comes out in the first week of April. So we'll be checking that one out as well. Cool. Um and that's it for this month. So I. Um, also in April, we could also mention that we're thinking of doing a, a little year in review yeah, episode. Yeah. Um, our, we haven't discussed if we're going to make that an exclusive episode or not. We could um, if people want to donate to our Patreon uh, yeah. site. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll have more information about that later. But yeah, yeah. donate to our Patreon site anyway because that's always a, a good thing to yes. do. Yes, yeah. Yeah, maybe some changes coming to Patreon in the near future. So if you've looked at it before and thought it wasn't for you, maybe give it another look. We did make changes. Um, was that at the beginning of the year? Was it the end of last year? I think it was at the end of last year. We made a few changes and shuffled a few things around. Um, but we're always trying to improve that. So yep. Yep. Especially if you have feedback, let us know. Sure. Um, but, uh, but that does it for this episode. And this uh, month. And this month. Uh, thank you guys for listening, uh, as always. And we'll catch you uh, next month. Keep reading comics. For more Pullbox Podcast episodes, you can check out pullboxpodcast.com to submit a reader poll. Uh, you can email thepullboxpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Twitter and on Instagram at Pullbox Podcast. You can follow me, Curtis, on Instagram at Curtis Bidley. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Uh, you, can, you can also find all of our other great podcasts over at thunderquack.com. And uh, that's the home of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, of which we are proudly a part. And, uh, and if you want to help support all of our podcasts at Thunderquack, you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack. And, uh, and, and you, can, you can pledge your support over there. Every dollar helps. But uh, if you're a Pullbox fan and supporter, then you'd definitely be interested in the $20 level, which allows you to get all three episodes 
of the Full Box Podcast, all three of our books, as one super long episode uh, right at the beginning of the month, as opposed to having to wait for the individual episodes to be released. So you can find all that at patreon.com slash thunderquack and all of our other podcasts at thunderquack.com.